What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 79 of the Around the Crease podcast. This week is a very special episode as we have Andy Kay. He's the head coach at MICDS in Missouri. And coach Kevin Benages. He's the head coach of Naperville North in Illinois. And this week we have them on because we're going to talk about what is the possibility of a spring club program ramping up and actually playing anybody or a national schedule. And we just kind of talk about the differences between club lacrosse and high school and do they have different views or goals. So we're getting all of that into the more in this week's episode and we're starting now. All right, everybody, welcome to the Around the Crease podcast. This week we have a a very special panel. Uh, If you're watching on video, you will see we have uh, two head coaches with us uh, from the Midwest. We have Coach Andy Kay. He's the head coach of MICDS in Missouri. Uh, We have Coach uh, Kevin Benages from Naperville North in Illinois. And, of course, as usual, I have Michael Ward, my usual co-host. Guys, welcome to the podcast this week. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So we got, um, I guess, an interesting topic this week, um, and I'll let uh, Michael Ward kind of give the the backstory, but to kind of fill everybody in, we're going to talk a little bit about the maybe the differences uh, between high school and club. Um, I guess, Michael, you kind of hit a nerve on Twitter about a week ago, uh, maybe a little bit more or now. So um, why don't you fill us in on kind of what, what sparked this conversation to start? Um, <clears throat> well, it started from someone sending me a message. And talking about them starting a spring lacrosse team. Uh, I brought this up last year. Coach K, I remember we had a sort of a conversation uh, on the side uh, about that. You were, you know, very against it. It brought up again today or a week ago where someone said by December of this year, we will have a travel team out of Illinois uh, that will be competing or try to compete against uh, high school teams or prep teams or whatever that they're going to leave their high school. So I put that out and that of course started a whole crazy thread there. And then, uh, it just sort of morphed into what's the better Avenue. Uh, where is, I think we're at a, I think we're at a point right now where in, in the Midwest, at least where it's really, really beginning to take off when you're seeing other States and it's really picking up. When you get this kind of success, I start seeing um, controversy. So that morphed into I started getting emails from people saying their club coaches were sending all the kids letters saying don't play for their high school team, just train in the in the spring and then play in the summer. Uh, And that started, Mike, because of your tweet when most recruiting is done in June and July. So it all stemmed from there and it started a whole um, sort of a conversation. And then on my end, it, it got really, really ugly. Uh, not, not towards me. I got stories. I got emails. I got text messages sent from coaches to parents, to players that they sent me. Um, and then when I talked about that and I said, you know, this is something that shouldn't be happening. I got more. So I heard stories from Ohio, from Minnesota, from Illinois, from Indiana. Um, and it was pretty, and Michigan, and it was pretty, and, and it was, they were naming coaches, they were naming schools. I won't do that. Which we are not going to do. My place. <laughs> right. That's not my place. But I basically just sent out a tweet saying, you know, 
knock that off. It, you know, it, it was it was it wasn't a good thing. Um, and then coaches chimed in. Coach K chimed in. Uh, I reached out to Coach Benages to ask about it. Coach Garland, who's not on the call, uh, me and him have talked extensively about this. Uh, and so this is where we are today. And this is the this is the question. This is what I wanted to get from the pros. I mean, both of you not only are uh, high school coaches, you also coached the Under Armour All American teams. Uh, I mean, you're, you're you're you have club experience, so you have every angle covered. You guys are the experts. So when the questions come, I believe you guys know how to answer it best because there are parents who will be watching. That's I'm the advocate for parents and players alike. Uh, so when they can hear it straight from the pros, and I'm talking this, these are two these. This isn't your fly by night coaches. These are two of the top coaches there are. So mm-hmm. when they say it, you could pretty much say they know what they're talking about. So that's where that's how this started, and that's where I am right now, and that's why we're here having this conversation. All right. So, so let's let's kind of kick it off. We're kind of we're going to save the the spring spring club lacrosse thing because that's obviously an interesting angle. We'll save that kind of towards the end, kind of keep people dangling a little bit for us to hang around, um, because I think the the high school club debate. Um, it not really new. Like I actually did a podcast similar to this with a number of coaches a few years ago, back when I was with student sports and I can link to that for anybody who wants to, to listen to it. But so we'll kind of kick it off with that kind of thing. Like obviously both you guys, you're both high school coaches. You also both coach club lacrosse. Like how do you view, um, first, like how do you view the role of each of those kind of in the recruiting process? Cause a lot of this comes down to, just the recruiting, like the spring club across, it's it's about recruiting. Um, so how do you guys kind of view the role for each of those? And we'll start with high school and Coach K. Sure. So I, I think that the high school coaches and the club coaches have an equal responsibility in the process. Um, just about every young person that's been recruited out of our Project Midwest Club, um, I've had a college coach reach out to me for verification on any number of things to be very, very clear. The types of things that a college coach might call me about the majority of them revolve around the character of the young man. Have I had any problems with them on the road? Um, maybe just a, a clarification on some grades or, you know, maybe there's something missing that, that they don't know about college coaches believe their own eyes. Um, and might be, friend with a college coach, but ultimately that college coach has to put food on the table for his family. And so me telling him to take a guy is not going to land a kid on their roster. Um, as far as it goes, it, it it's more, coach, I believe that these few players are in the wheelhouse. These are our events. Come check it out. And I might follow up, you know, in that process. Yeah. Um, but no one is taking a guy because I said, take this guy. That, that would be crazy. The stakes are way too high for those coaches. Um, I've been on the other side of it where we've had our high school players go and play for clubs uh, out of state. And that's awesome for them to go have a different experience with different kids. Uh, sometimes we've got guys in our own club that play for three different clubs. And if their family is in a position to help their kid pursue their passion and they believe in what the clubs are offering, that's awesome. By all means, go. Um, when the coaches call me as the high school coach, they're speaking to what's going on in school. Uh, how is this kid on a day-to-day basis at base, uh, uh, 
basis at practice um, because the high school coaches are, you know, in my mind, the high school coaches are the guys that are developing the athletes throughout the year, you know, and um, the high school coaches are the ones who see uh, an upperclassman help a struggling underclassman and can really speak to the character. Some of my Project Midwest guys, I meet them and I spend 15 days with them in the summer. That's it. So, the information from both sides. Yeah, Coach Benajes, what about you? How do you see the the roles? Yeah, I think I think Coach K nailed it all. Uh, I think from being a high school teacher, being in the building with these guys, you know, day in and day out, we definitely have a little bit more insight on the character of that individual, the the academic rigors that they're facing on every day, um, and just you know, what's their social life like? How does that fit into? you know, what that college scene might be like. So we're definitely seeing that angle from the high school side and able to provide those those types of answers. Um, and then on the club side, depends how much time you're spending with those kids too. Um, but some most of the time those questions are, you know, what kind of player is he? What can he do? What, you know, what are his strengths and weaknesses? Um, but, you know, not to be redundant. I mean, Coach K nailed it. And uh, you know, I just think that uh, – you know, the, the high school coach can provide a little bit more uh, substance on the on the character side if, if they're obviously in the building with that individual all the time. Yeah. OK. Um, so, you know, one of the things I know, Michael, one of the tweets I saw you had sent out, you had mentioned the, the coaching opening at, at Heartland High School out of Michigan. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of sparked a little bit. You know, people were talking about, you know, who, who you know, I think some of our club club programs getting the better coaches and the coaches don't want to coach high school as much. And I mean. I think that would probably have a multitude of reasons uh, why they might not want to uh, coach high school, which we've talked about with, we'll just say it, parents uh, and the time. And, but, uh, you know, do you guys see, as Coach Menages will start with you, do you guys see a difference um, between maybe the, the level of coaching in high school versus the level of coaching in club? Uh, I think it, it varies from school to school. Um, some schools have, a, you know, a great commitment from the club organizations and they're providing, you know, those coaches from the frosh level all the way to the varsity level. Um, and then some schools, they just have coaches that are solely inside the building. Um, and then, you know, I, you know, it, it, it really changes from school to school. Um, but some schools have great support systems with just, you know, their staff, meaning, you know, their head coach has got connections so he could bring in coaches. Um, some coaches are, are very young starting from ground zero and don't have those connections. So they're reaching out, you know, getting involved with the club scene. Um, but you know, overall, I'm not sure if it's fair to say that all the club teams have the best coaches. Uh, I know a couple high school programs that their coaches don't coach uh, club. And to me, they're, they're probably the best coaches. They're the ones that are like coach K said, we're, we're developing these players, um, they're spending time, you know, the holistic approach, the student athlete piece, um, which at the end of the day, right, you may develop an athlete and you send them off to lacrosse to play college lacrosse, but after the first semester, they're back home. You yeah. know, what, what part did you help in that? Um, so, you know, I wouldn't say that that club lacrosse has the, the best. <laughs> coach both are doing both. You know, they're doing high school and they're doing club. Yeah. Well, I, I and I would say, Kevin, too, I mean, you know, like, what what does coaching mean you know because yeah there are there are there are guys that are out there that can x's and o's somebody to death and they can run a really tight practice you know that is coaching 
but but coaching is also if your phone rings at one o'clock in the morning and it's an alumni who's at a college who needs your help finding a hotline at school to get some level of support that they don't have in the building there when things aren't going well for them that's coaching right um, right it's, there a guy might have a father that's dying you know that's coaching so think a lot of the stuff that I'm hearing, you know, and it, it speaks back to this concept of high school lacrosse or club lacrosse, you know, we're in the Midwest. I, I think every, a lot of kids dream of playing college lacrosse, but if we're being honest, it's a very small percentage of kids that are going to achieve that goal. So what's yeah. the purpose of club? Um, if, if you are a parent of a high school kid, you know, I think you want a really strong moral person in the building, right? I think you want somebody that's going to care about your kid. I think you want your kid to know how to look somebody in the eye and shake their hand at the end of a practice. Uh, I think you want a kid that understands that there are things that they can control and there are things that they can't control. And I think lacrosse is a vehicle to help teach those really valuable lessons. And then you get some studs, you know, and I know Kevin's had some studs and you know, we've had some studs that go out and they, they really get it done on the field. And those, those families that really may be worth it for them to pursue those higher level coaching opportunities. Sometimes I'm not serving a kid that I've coached since third grade and he needs to get out of my club. He needs to get out of my face and go hear it from somebody else. And that's something I know I've enjoyed at, at the Under Armour games, for example, or going to work, uh, you know, at some of the higher level club stuff that we do is, you know, I'm learning from those guys. They're, they're oftentimes preaching the same messages, but my, my player is going to hear it differently for them. So they should go, you know. Yeah. I want to I want to point something out real yeah, quick. Go ahead, Michael. Um, to, because I don't know if people know this. Both of you are educators, correct? Coach K and Coach Benazes. You're you're both in the building teaching, correct? Yes. Yeah. 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 I which, teach I teach eighth grade English. Yeah. Right. Which is which again, there's a whole nother distinction. You're coaches who are also educators. There are also coaches who are just a coach that you know they're working. They come. They they play. They coach, and then they're gone. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying that's better or that's worse. I I think actually, I mean, if I had my, again, if I'm talking about my own child, I would like to have a coach who's an educator who knows him uh, like that because there is a personal connection there, which I think is huge. So I want to let people know that you guys are also educators. So it's not just your place of being a coach. You're also making a whole person. Uh, you're, you're a part of their education, a part of their uh, athletic growth. That's a whole... A whole nother picture. Um, so I, I want to make sure everyone understands that. The right. point about Heartland, which is a big school that is an up and coming program that has a lot of great players and they can't find a coach right now. Yeah. Was the point of if they're trying to get an outside coach, it's a public school. They're not going to be able to pay him as much as he might want that he's going to be, you know, a young coach might not be able to do that. If he was an educator, maybe he can get a job with the school to do that. So there is that, that's where it came from. Like if there's a, if there's an outside coach who said, Oh, I'm going to take the Heartland job and let, you know, we'll throw a, a small dollar amount. But then someone from a club might say, well, we'd like you to be our director of our club for three times as much. That's where you might miss out on a coach in that respect. Um, and I actually, and again, in Coach K, when you said you've had kids from third grade, you want them out of your program to get more experience. That's literally 
the the thing I tell everyone: go go find other experience, meet other kids, social, get your kids more socialized, and learn. Put them in uncomfortable situations where they have to meet new kids. There are the flip side where coaches literally say, "I want you in my summer practice. I want you with my summer team. I want you playing fall. I want you playing spring." A coach actually in this conversation on Twitter came out and said, "I want you to play for our club team." You know, don't spend your money on these uh, high expensive teams that are around the area. We should stay together and build our program. Um, I, again, I, I'm not saying that's bad or good. I know it wouldn't work for me. I know I'd say to my son, we're going to go play for somebody else. I want you to experience something else. Um, so what do you think of something like that? Do you, I mean, I know it's parental preference, uh, parental <laughs> preference, but as a coach saying something like that, like, I want you playing for my team. Well, so I don't like I, for me. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I, I don't know if there's a wrong or a right. Right. Uh, that the coach may very well want to build his high school program, and he may deem it as being really critical to the development of their program. And at the same time, uh, a parent might say, "Well, I would rather have my my kid." go and play around more talented players and not kind of be one of the building blocks to helping mm -hmm. struggling athletes. So what's critical on all of it is the, the communication piece between high school coaches and clubs. You know, Kevin, uh, with his work over the years, we've talked about some of my players that, you know, on like a community-based, one of our community-based clubs, they're certainly going to be better you know, served for their own personal development going to play for a true AAA national team because our community-level club doesn't have that level of talent. And at the same time, our community-level club will benefit from that same stud player working within our community. So it's about, one, finding out if the parents are in a financial position to help their kid pursue their passion in that way. Uh, and two, it's about the relationships that the club and high school coaches are willing to have or not, right? Um, the, the, the final point that I would say on that is if a kid, if, if I'm doing my job as a club coach and as a high school coach, then a kid is going to leave and they're going to realize when they leave that they had it pretty good back in my club and they'll come back to me. I mean, sometimes the best thing that can happen for our program or for our club is that a kid goes and has another experience somewhere else. And they realize, man, my coaches back home love me. They really care about me. They believe in my overall development. And you know what? They're really well organized and they're damn good at what they do. So go play for someone else. Because if I'm good, then that's great. And you know what? If they don't come back, then we have I have a responsibility to look in the mirror and figure out how I lost that kid. And we've definitely lost kids. And you know what? Sometimes it's my fault. So if I'm not figuring that out, i got a much bigger problem. That's the most refreshing thing I've ever heard, though, I, coming from a parent, as a parent. that's If that attitude was the same attitude that all the club coaches would have or high school coaches, there wouldn't be problems. The problem is coming when these parents are getting letters or showing up at tryouts of other programs or saying – you shouldn't play for this team and they're bad-mouthing the team. This is where this all came from because the influx of people, they, they, they have nowhere to, to go, and, and so somehow 
they reached out to me, maybe because I'm talking with this and doing this, and and they see me at games now. Um, that's the difference. Your attitude, Coach K, is the greatest attitude because it's go check out the go check out the other. If, if you find something better, that's great. But you're confident in your style and your coaching um, that they'll end up coming back, and that's confidence. It's the it's the people who might not be so confident that are afraid of losing people, and and the money game is involved. And again, I I will never begrudge anyone for making money and i don't have a problem you set your price point and people will hit your price point that's fine i don't judge it at all but when it becomes about money and feeling you're losing that money as as opposed to losing that player is when you just you start being looked at as a dollar sign again coming from my perspective um i've seen it i've been around it uh i'm sure both of you coaches have seen other teams that might be like that um again won't name names, don't want to name names, but I know of certain things that do it. And that's been the issue now. And that's where I said, knock it off because threatening kids, threatening parents, um, by leaving intimidating, by showing up to another team's tryout or having someone standing there is a bad look and it's a bad thing. And it, and it gives a black eye to, I think the, the sport, the growth. And so that's again, another reason. So, Back to the topic. I just wanted to interject for a second yeah, about, with and that. I, like there was uh, years ago when I covered football, I, when Coach Franklin, who's now at Penn State, was assistant at Maryland. Like he told me something. It's always stuck with me. He was like, in, it applied to recruiting at the time, but I think this kind of applies to it too. He's like, you know, you're going to get treated the best when the coach wants you and he's wooing you. He's like, and if they're not treating you good, then how do you think you're going to be treated once they already have you in the program? Like, like, and is that the kind of person that you want to send your kid to? I mean, as a parent, like, those are questions you would have to ask. Like, is this, you know, is Coach K and his attitude, is that a coach that I could, you know, I am okay with sending my kid to Baltimore or Coach Menage sending him to Baltimore for a weekend or, you know, however long those trips are and, like, and leaving them in their care. And, I mean, for a parent, you kind of got to realize, like, all right, if with the answer to that is yes, then you're probably okay. If it's no, then you might want to consider it. Coach Menage, do you have any, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I also definitely think that, I mean, why do we get into coaching? Why do we get into teaching? It's it's to be a role model, to be a mentor, to help those kids and those families and to guide them. And that's our job is to guide them. And it's to provide them what's in their best interest. And if in their best interest is with somebody else or providing that opportunity, then do it. Like Coach K said, you know, we've we've worked together. We've talked together. I trust him. He trusts me. When we're, when we're providing those opportunities. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, is that coach really going to do what's best for my son or is he going to do what's best for his team or his organization? And you can't fault those things either. Um, but at the end of the day, you're paying money to have somebody oversee your child um, and, and you want the best interest to be in your son or daughter. Yeah. Um, and I w- Go ahead, Coach K. So the other th- the other the other angle on it and look i'd be i go from school i come to my office in webster groves where we kind of run our club and i i appreciate uh the commentary about you know the money piece look the bottom line is my wife is not high-fiving me when i'm when i'm missing carpool for my daughter you know or when i'm missing a family dinner or i miss the opportunity to read a book to my daughters at night and 
I have had to cope with, man, if we lose this kid, um, a culture kid, a key kid to another club, what damage does that do to my club and the investment that I have personally put into it and the investment that I've put into it financially? That's, that's a really delicate balance. It is like any other thing. If, if you run um, a financial services business and one of your best clients is going to leave to go to your uh, to go to your competitor across the street, it it not only hurts from a pride standpoint, but it hurts from it hurts your pocketbook, which is what you're feeding your kids with. Um, so look, I have def I don't, I don't want to act like I'm standing on a moral pedestal here. I have definitely screwed this thing up with kids. I've got kids right now in our community level club that may have a better opportunity at another club in the Midwest, and I'm I'm having to kind of take a deep breath and I'm not, you know, I'm not responding to an email or two about it because I need to make sure that I'm doing it right. And could I see myself on a really bad day getting frustrated and hammering? Well, I don't know if I'd hammer it, but could I see having a bad day and being a poor communicator and, and maybe not living up to the things that I talk about? Yes, I'm human. And I think so are these other guys. You know, there are guys that are making, this is their livelihood. And it must be terrifying to have a Starbucks move into town if you're the local mom and pop shop. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Um, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit at the start, but the whole the the um, we'll say the threat of you know a possible spring club program. Um, I guess first I want to ask like, how real do you guys think that that possibility is? And uh, Coach K, we'll start with you. I I. I can't see it being really successful because I think, and I, I can tell you, at, at, I can speak at MICDS. Okay, so we—it's been well known that we've had some absolute top-level studs for the last few years. That's great. The majority of my roster wants to play high school lacrosse, not because they're dreaming of playing in the Under Armour senior game or playing in college, but because they love being around their buddies. They, they love putting on the jersey and playing in front of the crowd. I mean, that, that's, that's 80% of my team. You know, okay, so we had, we had five players come off of our roster last year, uh, but I had 14 seniors. So there's nine kids that really could have cared less about playing college lacrosse. Why would they want to leave their community, go and play for a full when all they want to do is go to the homecoming dance with their jersey on? Uh, you know, so we're, we, we're, it, it all, it may depend on the state. We are very heavily resourced at our school. Um, you know, so that's my own experience there. I imagine that it's different in other places, Yeah. but around our area there, it's not like there's a bunch of horses running around that are going to division one across from Missouri. I don't think there's a million of them running around in any of the Midwestern states. I think there's probably 10 to 20 on an outstanding year in the best Midwestern states. Coach Menages, what do you about? What do you about? What about you? How real do you think that possibility is? Yeah, I mean, and, and speaking, you know, from what I I know in our landscape in Illinois, um, you know, I think, you know, at my, at my school, I think we've built a pretty good culture. It's my eleventh year there now. That again, Coach K touched on it. We probably have, you know, five guys that are like heavy into the club lacrosse, and and are maybe one to two that are playing at an elite level. Um, so, you know, those numbers are small and, and the other 90% again are just, they, they want to be part of uh, 
they want to be part of a family. They want to be part of the community. They they want to they're, they're they're making those lifelong friendships that's provided through sport. Um, so, you know, the threat could be real in other schools where, you know, maybe their coach doesn't do things year round. He he comes in and he does a lacrosse season and then he leaves. Uh, maybe their school doesn't have high school lacrosse. Right, their school yeah. doesn't recognize it. It's it's a it's a club team. They've got low numbers and. And, uh, you know, those kids need to be serviced in another way. Um, but, you know, I, I tell you right now, I, I obviously wouldn't want to see that that experience be taken away from kids. Because, again, you're, you're never going to have, you know, that high school experience of playing lacrosse. Uh, having that opportunity, you know, at the college level is also very slim. So, you know, I would hate to see that be taken away or, or that opportunity be, be lost. Yeah, Michael. Well, Kevin, oh, Kevin ahead, brings up a really Kevin brings up a really good point there too because there are some programs that are struggling for numbers. Yeah, you know, they might have twelve guys come out. So yeah, there you know, there may be a club mechanism that's great there. If if uh, if it's a top level Illinois or Missouri or Indiana or Michigan school, um, and there are five of those schools and somebody's trying to pull the top five players from all of those programs to form a super club to play in the spring. I mean, I don't see that. Ha- I don't personally see that happening. Yeah. You know I mean? And I know and I've seen in a couple of states. I remember Colorado for a number of years when the sport was still growing there. Like there were schools that didn't have lacrosse, but kids would go play it. They would go play at the rival and like the rival high school would, you know, rival on football field, but they didn't, you know, one of the programs didn't have lacrosse. So they would go to the rival high school when they would play and it would basically be a joint joint team it would have the name of you know sometimes it would have like a different name most of the time it would have the name of the rival high school but you would have kids from you know this wasn't the example but you'd have cherry creek kids playing on regis jesuits high school team not the not actually what happened but you know you get the idea um so i mean i've seen that in in several states across the country usually as the sport's kind of growing and coming up and it's not kind of been embraced or you know just doesn't have the numbers at some of the programs um, Michael, what but I get, go ahead, coach. Sorry. I, I guess, but I would also say in that same token, if, if that school doesn't have enough numbers and there's a group of guys that want to do it, there's 12 guys, 10 guys, whatever that number is, you know, do the, do the grassroots, promote the sport, grow the game even more. I mean, we all, everyone's organization started somewhere, right. Yeah. And you build it. And, and like they say, you build it and they'll come. And I think that's the same thing that, that needs to be. To be done. I mean, here in Illinois, like there are some rumblings, you know, oh, the state's taking is sanctioning the sport. Is that a good thing? You know, why isn't New Trier playing Loyola? They're in the same sectional. The two powerhouses are, are going to be knocking each other out. And yeah, it's it's the growing pain right now, possibly of those two going through each other. But other communities that haven't been known are, are getting excited about lacrosse. And now feeder teams and, and park districts are picking it up. And now the sport is growing even more in those areas that, you know, it really never existed. So uh, for the sport of lacrosse, for the growth of it, there, there's more positives uh, in, in growing in the communities and at the high schools than, you know, creating that super team that only services 5% versus yeah. the masses. I read a great story over the summer that I think it was a kid, a couple kids out of Utah. They had spent years. They'd wanted lacrosse at their high school, and it wasn't there. They didn't have an option to go and play somewhere else. But they built the program, and they, they by the time they finished their senior year, the program was a sanctions, you know, a sanctioned program at that point. And they was just like they never really got they got one year to play for it after spending 
their entire high school career. And, I mean, you're talking 14-year-old kids had started that. So, I mean, it's it's been done. It's been done recently. It can be done. Uh, Michael, what's right. your thoughts on it? Well, so this particular threat team, however, you know, and I, I know the people who are involved in it. That's how I know. I know the people who are involved. Uh, it started from parent groups. Um, and it's actually like sort of right in your backyard, Coach Benajas. Um, and it is about a super team. It is about kids who played together when they were in grade school and they wanted to play together when they're older. And, and, and I know why they reached out to me because they wanted me to put it out there to see what the reaction would be if there would be something. I, I was their useful idiot and I knew that I was going to do that and I knew what was going to happen and they, they want to see the reaction. But these are also parents who have hockey players, and they do the same thing for hockey. And they've said, why aren't we doing this? And one of the reasons, because it's in Illinois, was we aren't going to be in high school when we could beat the Loyolas and we could beat the Nutriers. My, my answer to always all of that was always been, so you quit. It, 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 it's not my personality to do that. Like, that makes me want to go harder. So I, I sort of pushed back on that. Um, and... Uh, so that's what, that's how this came out. And I knew where it was coming from and, and I know who it's coming from. And, and I know if they want to do it, they have the money. Here was the other way they talked about it. They talked about it as a kid say, who was at, um, Hinsdale and Hinsdale, they didn't think was a good enough team for their son. So their son went to Culver and they said, this is the same thing as our son going to Culver instead of paying the 60 G's to go to Culver, we're going to pay $6,000. Our kid's still going to go to Hinsdale, and then he could play along on this team year-round. Where I thought that was actually a legitimate argument if that was the way you wanted to go with your kid. Um, it's not something I would do, but that's I saw their point. Like, why would you? why would we send our kid to IMG when we could have him play with the players he's played. And if they're all willing to do it, um, that's, uh, and, and, and I, I just threw an arbitrary number, like six G's. I don't know. You know, that's just arbitrary. Uh, but who would they play? That was my question. That, well, like, who would there they play? Was, that was the question. And that, and that, this is exactly what I've put out. I said, no high school would play you. I said, Loyola San won't sanction. play you. Yeah. State sanctions. Well, I mean, some schools be won't be able to. Yeah. But they keep thinking the prep schools. Culver will play them. This is what their thought is. Again, this this is nothing set in stone. The Culvers will play them. The IMGs would play them. Uh, the Salisbury's. The, I, I said, do you know how good you have to be to play those teams? I, I mean, again. Yeah, no, like, yeah. You're wading into some pretty mur murky waters. <laughs> right. With your yeah. experimental team. Right. I, I, again, I said, have you seen these teams? I've seen those teams play. I know some of the kids that you're playing again, a lot of it is parents griping about things aren't fair. This isn't fair. So we want to do this. And I, and I hate saying like, life's not fair, but it's not, right. but I, Illinois did. And, and again, I don't like, I don't like what Illinois did uh, as far as putting Nutria and Loyola in the same bracket. I understand why that makes everyone else happy. Uh, that gives somebody else a chance. I think Lions township could have gone there on their own, you know, I, I think Lions Township will be there this year. I think there's going to be. I think there'll be five teams literally this year in Illinois that can seriously compete. Um, like 
like could win, like could beat Nutrier, could beat Loyola. Lake Forest is going to be huge. So I, I see it changing your way as, as well. I, I know Naperville, the, the whole Naperville area is loaded. I mean, if that was one school, they wouldn't lose. Um, so that was the that was the the part that it came from. Now, on another aspect, when they said that this is the same thing as Culver, this is the same thing as the, then I got another call about St. John's Military Academy in Wisconsin that they're starting their program to do to model after Culver. Uh, I think they have money put aside. They want to start getting big um, athletic program. And so they're taking their program and they are recruiting kids from around the area to make a team that eventually they want to be another Culver in, uh, in Wisconsin. And that's going to be starting this year. Uh, I talked to the coach yesterday. He wants to come on a podcast and talk about it. Uh, and I said, of course, then I got people from Wisconsin reaching out to me saying, that's not fair. They're taking all of our best kids and they're going to win the state championship every year. Where I replied, if they're going to do the Culver route, they won't be playing for the state championship. Uh, they'll be going to try to play the Culvers of the world. But, you know, that's that's where I, you know, I think we're at that level right now in uh, in, in the Midwest where that sort of thing is happening. It's It's almost a product of our success where you start seeing offshoots of uh, almost like the the soccer and the hockey bottle, you know, let's go play this. But as I said to the one of the dads the other day, I said, you don't see a kid going in twenty years sitting at a bar with his high school buddies talking about when their when their travel team beat uh, you know the, the Baltimore Crabs in the summer tournament. They'll be talking about the high school game. So. I understand what it's about, and, and, and I understand what it's for. Uh, it's just I, I I see it I see it happening, and that's yeah. and that's the that that that's what I'm worried about because if it happens, and it's in the least bit successful, it's going to continue to happen, and that's the part where I say this this could be detrimental. This could be a turning point. Um, the only thing that I could see stopping it is having no high school even think about. I mean, you would have to get together with coaches and say, do not play these games. Do not play these teams. Um, because that's going to be the, that's going to be the only way to stop it. Unless they start starting their whole thing, like a hockey programs. So, yeah. I mean, I want to kind of step it. Cause since I've covered other sports in my career, like there's, it's not completely unheard of. I know there's like with uh, soccer and the uh, youth development program um, out there, like they get some of their elite kids that don't play high school um, because they play with their ODP program um, and and stuff like that. So, but you know, it it hasn't really, uh, and I talked to my buddy who covers soccer and he said, it hasn't necessarily hurt the high school aspect. You just get some of those very top tier kids. Like they're just not there, but the high school program they would have played for, like they're still there. Like you just get there's other kids that are still playing. Like there, I think you always get the kids that still just want to to play high school. Um, you mentioned the the school in Wisconsin. I know Montverde Academy in Florida. They're um, they've put a lot of power behind their soccer program, and they don't even play part of the Florida State Association. They they more worry about a national program, and they're ramping up their lacrosse program. So I mean, they could be another program um, that's kind of looking to do. I guess we'll just say a Culver thing, but I mean, I think it's just trying to become an elite lacrosse program. I mean. Um, Culver's just kind of because they're in the Midwest, they kind of get singled out. But I mean, you get 
obviously boys latin and mcdonough's like they're basically the same thing <laughs> like you know just right. just different location right. and stuff like that um but you know i know we lost coach menages on the on the call um uh, coach k you got you got any additional thoughts before we kind of move on uh i i, I just I, I'll, I i maybe i'm maybe i'm just way wrong i i i don't i think it's a ways away if, if i hear the, the academy soccer program here in St. Louis definitely pulls some of the best kids away from high school's AAA Blues here yeah. in St. Louis. We've got a lot of kids that are absolutely prior to prioritize AAA Blues hockey. Um, I would say that internationally, that's the hockey model. That's going to be consistent from country to country. And the academy soccer model is built off the South American and European models soccer clubs. So there's a little more fluency there. Lacrosse is a prep game. It's, it, it is firmly entrenched in the prep scene. Um, and I think that the tough end over, maybe there is going to be a super team. They're going to have trouble playing sanctioned states, and it's going to require a lot of organization from a lot of people and very, very quickly. I mean, the... Uh, the families that that Mike mentioned in um, in Illinois that were that are organizing, you know, before you know it, their kids are going to be gone. By the time they actually figure out how to do this effectively and have competition, they're going to be gone. And this next cycle of parents coming through, and who knows what their priorities are going to be. And yeah. this was a group of twenty ones. Yeah, yeah. So by the time they organize that, you know, it's two years. That's that's their window. And get, right. and get everybody to agree to play them. And figure out because I mean what you got. I mean, there's got to be something in it for you know. We'll just use Culver as the example. Like, there's got to be something in it for Culver to play them. I mean, Culver can play anybody they want. Why? Why would they and play this new up and coming program? It's also three months. It's only three months out of the year, right? The high school season. So right. those outstanding 21s can play nine months a year. They're already playing more than everybody. And and, and another thing I told him was, you could have your super team. It's not going to do any different about, you know, they're saying, oh, it'll get us recruited. I said, there's still not a college coach coming to the Midwest to watch you. I said, it's not going to matter. It's not. I said, you're playing in the Midwest during lacrosse season. There's no coaches coming here. Yeah. I said, again, June and July, have your if you want to have your team and practice together all year round and, you know, go with the one method. One coach has said, don't even play for your high school team. Just practice. Whatever. Um, you know, I just gave him the the devil's advocate part, this part, this part. And my fear is, and Coach K, we I brought this up to you, I think, like four months ago. Um, it just kept coming. And I'm like, right. uh, and again, it was brought, uh, someone reached out again today. And I said, I said, I think it's a bad idea. I, I said, what's, I've seen kids now come back from boarding schools for their senior year, come back to their home school. Um, I know we have a kid here who was at the Hill Academy and he's playing his senior year here. Um, there were kids uh, at Loyola who came back when I played hockey at Loyola Academy, our best players played in Canada and then they came back their senior year cause they wanted to play in front of their friends and their parents and the crowd because you go to these travel games and there's, you know, 15 parents sitting there screaming at a ref where there's no kids banging on the glass and classmates. And I said, that's the best part. When you go to these big, these big games, these big high school games, um, 
you know, I'll use Loyola Nutria as an example. I'll use Brother Rice, uh, Detroit, uh, Detroit uh, Catholic Central. Those places were packed. I sat there and I brought my son to it because he had to travel with me. And he's like, this is awesome. He's like, I would love to be able to play in front of it. I said, you will. I said, this is what high school is about. You're going to talk about this in 20 years. No one's going to talk about beating the Baltimore Crabs in <laughs> July in 90 degree heat at whatever tournament. Um, it's just something that, you know, me covering the Midwest, people want to talk about it. People want to bring right. it up. And, and, and it's my job, I think, to address it. Um, and, and I don't make a judgment. I leave it up to coaches who say, well, I'm not going to play you, <laughs> you know, uh, or this is a dangerous idea or it's a bad idea or, or what that's, you know, I'm just, I guess I'm just the messenger. Like I said, yeah. I was the useful idiot floating it around, hey, and Co- I'll be that. Coach Benajas, I know we, we dropped you, so you might have missed part of the conversation, but do you have any, have any thoughts before we move on? Uh, I mean, I think I missed a good chunk. My phone died, so I apologize. <laughs> That's all right. Um, but I think, you know, the super team, um, they're not going to be able to play anybody, any high school teams that are state-sanctioned. Uh, I mean, club teams, if a school doesn't recognize the, the, the team as a sport in the, in the school, um, then, then that's not a sanctioned sport. So they would be allowed to play those guys. Um, but then again, I mean, Mike brought up the point, you know, there's no recruiting going on. So what are the benefits that you're getting? Um, you know, so I probably just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, we've we've kind of touched on state associations a couple times, and I kind of want to wrap it up because I know Michael and I have kind of discussed, you know, the, the sanctioned versus not sanctioned aspect of the sport, and you know, is it is it good? Is it bad? Is it really a gray area where there's real no real answer? Um, so, what do you guys think, uh, Coach Bernardes? We'll start with you. Um, what do you think? What effect do you think state associations have on the growth of lacrosse? I think from, I mean, again, I was part of it when I first started 11 years ago. We were considered a club team at Naperville North. Um, so, you know, from, from each kid paying anywhere between 500 to $800 to play lacrosse, practicing off-site, driving their own cars to games, uh, renting other facilities to play our home games, um, you know, pretty much second fiddle to everybody in the school you, you know everyone's like oh you're a club you're not even a real sport so fighting that stigma to now you know we're we're recognizing the school we, we got the recognition in the school before we were state sanctioned so we were in the athletics department our school is buying us helmets we were practicing on our fields games are at home um the legitimacy that it brought to the kids and that recognition was was well worth it. Um, and, and it, it brought this validity that, you know, we're working hard, we're being recognized, uh, and, and people, you know, started to jump on board and the program grew. So, uh, I think state sanctioning brought that legitimacy from the overall picture of like, Hey, the state recognizes the sport, and the schools recognize the sport. Um, so I think it, it, that that's brought a lot of good to it. Um, you know, and just like anything else, the the state is figuring out you know the best way to create those sectionals and regionals and whatnot. And, and I still think, again, you know, I forget what, what number we're at. But I think we're like we're over a hundred teams in the state on the male side, um, but there's still a ton of room to grow. You know, the Southern Illinois piece, 
is I think starting to to grow a little bit more, um, and lacrosse is only going to get bigger and better here uh, in Illinois, but you know, and in the Midwest as well. Yeah, Coach K, what about you? What effect do you think the state associations have on the growth? Uh, well, I mean, I, Kevin did a great job of explaining the the benefits of it. I mean, it's it has happened. We, we're probably Missouri is the furthest behind of the Midwestern states that are playing lacrosse right now. I mean, I, I mean, I think we're not as transient as Chicago, so we don't have necessarily a lot of young twenty-somethings moving through the area in the same way that you might have in the Chicago area. Um, certainly, a baseball area. Uh, heavily so first generation sport um so we need the legitimacy of the schools backing us in order for for the game to grow in our state i i would qualify that by saying you know there are some school some uh, governing bodies that have much harsher restrictions on coaching contact so for us yeah. right now we already have a coaching shortage so if you are if we go sanction then what's going to happen is all of the high school coaches will now not be able to coach eighth grade, for example. Their contact with their high school players in the fall and in the winter time is going to be heavily restricted. And who's going to actually coach the kids um, at those times? Um, Michigan seems to have really strict sanctioning, as does Minnesota. Um, so I, I don't know. It's doesn't seem to affect Brother Rice. I mean, they're they're <laughs> one of the top teams in the country every year. Now they can't play. Like for example, we met them in Indianapolis a few years ago, and we played them because they can't go more than 300 miles. That's that's a restriction. Yeah. Minnesota has uh, through our with our Project Midwest club, we've gotten you know much more exposure into Minnesota. I personally have had much more exposure with what's going on in Minnesota than I've ever had before. Um, they're more they may be more restricted than anyone. I mean, they, they really can't get out of the state until April, if they can at all. Their uh, travel restrictions are maybe less than Michigan, but um, I, I'm not, I would need to see that on a piece of paper before I would cemented that. Um, and, you know, if you've got a really promising young player and you can't work with that kid in, in the fall, I guess it's a problem for him and for you, but... It's, it's probably not a problem for the majority of the areas that are just trying to hang their banner in a gym. We have kids here. Uh, I can tell you of, of a program, Hazelwood program here. It's a North County part of our community. They've got 18 or 19 kids in a traditionally impoverished area, and they are unable. The school will not recognize them. They won the Division II Missouri State Championship a couple years ago. They couldn't even hang their banner in their gym. Mm. And here you've got kids that are doing the right thing, and you have responsible educators turning their backs on kids who are not out on the streets. And that is a giant problem for me. You know that that is so. To, for those kids to not have the luxury of even wearing their jersey to Jersey Day, what is that? Yeah. You know, who who is the moron? That is pulling the, the, the that is pulling that opportunity away from them, and and it's it's you know unfortunately right now it's it's because we're not state sanctioned, you know that's hard. Uh, Coach, you probably hang your banner in the gym. Ladue High School uh, won the Division Two state championship. My first couple of years, they beat us. My first couple of years, they are not allowed to hang their banner in the gym. 
you know, what message are we sending to kids um, when we do that? And, and with sanctioning comes those kids being able to walk around with their jerseys, hang their banners, get more kids involved, and uh, grow the game. Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty good point, uh, Michael. You got anything to add? Uh, I'll play the uh, the devil's advocate on this one. Although both arguments from both of you were arguments that should be recorded to make sure this is out there. Oh, they are. It is. That, <laughs> for every time that this argument is brought up, because both of your arguments were spot on. Were spot on. Um, to the fact where I'm like, I, act, I, I'm, I'm a, I agree with you 100%. My problem with state associations is um, they go with a one-size-fits-all model where it's based off of football or basketball as far as a transfer rule, as far as travel rules. And at this point in 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 lacrosse, um, there are some teams that will crush another team in their own state. Some of the teams in their state should stay in their own type of division while they're growing, but that's hindering another at the detriment of another team that might be better, and they can't play it as much. Now, I'll bring up Brother Rice. Brother Rice, they are a dominant team. They can't play a lot of teams now. Uh, and I know they're upset about it. I know they would have liked to have played Culver. They can't play Culver. Um, here's a weird thing. Detroit Catholic Central couldn't play HSC in Indiana because HSC is playing someone that's not connected. So what HSC did made them disqualified against that Detroit Catholic DCC couldn't play them. Like that's that's the kind of stuff that I said is is hindering the growth. That what does it matter? You know, again, that's for the top teams because they need to play to grow as well. Um, and then you know, eventually, what it, you'd hope it to be like is like football. Like you've got a ton of great teams, a bunch, you know, different divisions, and there's talent at every level. Um, so th- that that's my argument. It's not against because I it should be recognized. It's always should be recognized. My argument is I wish there was, um, at least a at least a board that would say this is a growing sport and we need to help nurture it, and we need someone to be a part of it as opposed to just being a bureaucrat in the state. Again, I was a lobbyist in the state of Illinois. I worked with the IHSA, so I know what goes on down there. Um, they don't care. It's this. Here it is. We want. What can we do to get 65 teams in the playoffs so we can generate revenue? Um, we don't care that that this is hindering this or this is hindering growth. This is just what they want. I wish there would be someone that'd say, this is the fastest growing sport in the United States. The numbers prove it. The numbers play it out, and they say, let's nurture this. Let's make this a new revenue-generating sport. Um, everyone would start liking it if, if it generated revenue like football. I don't know why it couldn't be like a football in the springtime. Most schools have their stadiums. Play in your stadium. Um, work together on that. So that's that's my only. Again, it's not an argument against being in a state association. It's my argument. What I'd like to see a state association be more proactive. Yeah, makes sense. All right, coaches. I guess uh, we're, we've been on about for about an hour right now. Um, so I guess kind of we don't really have any questions. But does anybody have anything to kind of add to any of the topics that maybe we didn't cover, or anything you guys would like to to discuss at this point? <laughs> Silence <laughs> speaks volumes. Stuff. I think that means that means we covered everything. We solved all the world's problems. Everything's perfect. We're good to go, right? 
<laughs> uh, true, uh, I would just say truly, guys, it, it's, it's re really, really appreciate you having me come on. And uh, I, I enjoy following your coverage of the game. It's definitely really positive and, um, you know, we'll hopefully continue to generate more uh, follows, et cetera, because I, you know, I know our parents need the education and, you know, much, much love to you. So thank you. Oh, and, th and thank you guys for, for being on. I really appreciate it. You know, Coach Menage, it's the first time we've gotten to, to meet and talk, so I can't thank you enough. Coach K, you know, uh, no, we've talked a few times, but can't, you know, I know it's it's later on a Wednesday night, so it's not like, you know, I'm sure we all had other things we could have been doing tonight. So I pre really appreciate you, you being on. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Appreciate it again. Right. Thanks, coaches. Right. You yeah. guys have a good evening.